The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. And so last week we got uh, a little sidetracked. We're still in the series, uh, you know, talking about uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And so the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, told me to take the offering uh, last week, instructed me. And uh, so I tried to do that and it ended up being 45 minutes of, uh, of taking up an offering, uh, which uh, really was a blessing because I got so much feedback uh, from, you know, people from all over the world who just got so much revelation from that. And so, uh, you know, I'm really just grateful for the Holy Spirit who gives us direction. Amen. And so uh, today we are going to go back to talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And what we have found out so far uh, through this journey is that uh, we all need the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. We all need the direction uh, of, and the instruction of the Holy Spirit for us to be able to uh, live uh, a life of success, a life of power, which simply means, you know, a life of uh, uh, getting results. Amen. Amen. And so uh, today, you know, with that in mind, I want to start in Psalms uh, 37 verse 23. I didn't have this in my notes, but as we were worshiping, you know, the Lord just dropped it in my spirit as uh, uh, Pastor C was, was preaching. And, and really, you know, I, I get a little stirred up when, when we're dealing with uh, uh, things like this because my heart as a pastor is to see people succeed. Uh, uh, you know, what, what, if you are really a God-called uh, pastor, I believe this should be your heart too. Your heart is never uh, for you to succeed. Your heart is for you to see the people of God uh, succeed. And, and, and really, one of the challenges that I have, both Pastor C and I, is uh, that in pastoring and in walking the journey of uh, pastoring, sometimes you, you meet people uh, that have great potential, but they get stuck. I call it, uh, they get stuck in Stuckville. I call it Stuckville. That's the neighborhood they get stuck in, Stuckville. And the way to get out of Stuckville is to take heed to what the Word of God says and to take heed to what the Holy Spirit is saying. There are directions out of Stuckville. There are GPS coordinates that you can follow to get out of that place. Uh, if you don't want to circle around in the, in the wilderness 40 years, I mean, that journey could have taken them uh, uh, 12 days, you know, walking. It could have taken them a few hours flying. But it took them 40 years in Stuckville, the children of Israel, and many of them didn't make it out of Stuckville. We're talking millions. Out of the millions, only two made it out of Stuckville. And so the church, if we're not careful and we don't take heed to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, to what Jesus is saying, to what His Word is saying, with the intention of applying it, we can get stuck too. Can I get an amen? 
And so, you know, when you read in, in Jeremiah chapter number 10, verse 23, it says it's not in man that walk uh, to direct his own steps, but it also stays here in Psalm 37, verse 23. It says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. In other words, when God, God orders your, his, his steps, when God tells you which direction to go, there's going to be delight on that path. Amen? And so he says, man, you would delight on that way. Amen? And then he says this, verse 24, though ye fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Though, you know, you miss a turn, I mean, God is going to recalibrate and, you know, give you new coordinates. As long as your intention is to get out of view you will get out amen. can i get an amen? amen and so you don't give up just because you missed a turn you get back in the game and uh, uh start walking again he says for the lord upholdeth him with his hand so god is holding your hand but he says this in verse 25 the connection between the holy spirit giving us instructions and us applying those instructions and you know walking those instructions and working them in our lives is this in verse 25 he says i've been young and now i'm old yet i have not seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. And so ultimately he's saying, this path will lead you to the land that flows with milk and honey. That's what he's trying to get us to. Amen? All of this is connected. I used to say, man, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Ordered to where? He just told us. He orders them to a place of abundance. To a place where you are not forsaken. To a place, watch this now, where you are not begging. Whenever you see someone begging, uh, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is not in it. Can I get an amen? Man, God hasn't called us to be a begging people. He has called us to be a blessing. He has called us to be a people that bless others. Amen? And the way we do that is by taking heed to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go to Psalm 139, uh, verse 16. I want to read it in the NIV. Psalm 139, uh, verse 16. We're talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. It says this. This is, this is uh, um, you know, the, the, the psalmist writing about, you know, the, 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 what the Lord had done uh, for him. He says this. He says, you, your eyes, Lord, your eyes, God, saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And so what we learn from this is that uh, uh, God made a huge deposit into every single one of your days. He made a deposit of life. He made a deposit of vigor. He made a deposit of excitement, health, divine appointments, and prosperity, and all these different things. He already ordained all these things into your days. God did his part by grace. Now it's your part to choose what God has already ordained into your days. And how you choose that is by taking heed to what the voice of the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Amen? Amen. This is how he orders your steps. You have to realize that every single one of my days have been numbered by the Lord. What he's saying here is, what he's not saying is, every single one of, of your days has already been, you know, uh, 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 designed what you're going to do, some sort of Calvinistic, you know, mindset where God is uh, omni-control. God doesn't control everything. If he did, he would make sure you would be early to church. Can I get an amen? amen? 
And so, but what God did is he put potential in every single one of your days. And how you tap into that potential is by choosing to ask the Holy Spirit, what would you have me do today? And he will begin to lead you slowly to a place where you will begin to enjoy. Don't do your own thing. A lot of people get into trouble trying to do their own thing. In fact, sometimes, in fact, the most dangerous place you can be is success. Because usually when you're in trouble, you know, you know, I can't do much. I've been trying for many, many years. I need somebody else to help me. But when you're succeeding, it's really easy to say, Jesus, get off the wheel. You ever heard people say, Jesus, take the wheel? They always pray that when they are in trouble. Man, when things are going good, it's easy to say, Jesus, don't worry about it. I can drive this thing. Man, get off the wheel, Jesus. My finances are good. I'm, I'm, yeah, listen, Jesus, get off the wheel. It's the most dangerous place to be is when you are in success. This is where we need to submit our ways to his ways so that we can actually achieve, you know, the fullness of the thing that, you know, uh, God wants us to, to, to achieve. And so we have to volitionally submit to the uh, will of the Holy Spirit by choice and not just go uh, by what's glossy uh, on these eyes. We have to uh, uh, ask the Holy Spirit to show us and open our eyes, spiritual eyes, so that we can see it from his perspective. Amen? I said amen. And so I remember, and I always share this story, and the reason I do is, is so that we can, you know, learn from it. And, 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 and there's always a balance when I'm teaching. Most of you may have noticed I share personal stories. I share stories from the Bible. I share all these different things, and, and my wife too. And the reason we do that is, is, is so that you can also uh, uh, see someone in living color. It's one thing that God provided for Abraham in, in Mount Sinai. It's another thing, because I'm living in Job. I don't even know where Mount Sinai is. At this mountain, you shall be Jehovah Jireh. That was 6,000 years ago. It's another thing when you see a man in living color standing right before you saying, God did, did this for me. Amen. 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 Someone from the same background, someone of the same age as you, someone is the same uh, color as you, someone who faced the same obstacles, someone who, hey, all they did was depend on the Lord and the Lord did it for them. And if the Lord did it for them, guess what? The Lord will do it for me because God is not a respecter of persons. Can I get an amen? In fact, you know, uh, uh, whenever you see some God doing something for someone else, just, just start celebrating. Because that's enough proof that he will do it for you. It's like when a postman is in the neighborhood delivering parcels at next door. <laughs> Man, I'll just dance to the fact that the postman still comes to our neighborhood. Because guess what? Next week, it may be next month, the postman is going to bring something to my house too. Man, I remember the one time I, 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 did, I was clowning during the term and... Uh, they, they would post the, the reports because they knew that if they put it in our hands, they may not make it to our parents. And so this one time, <coughs> I knew it was a bad report. Man, I waited for the postman the way you should wait on the Lord. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I knew the man would come around between 12 and 3 p.m. Man, I would play from 9 a.m. till about 10. I'm done. Hey, guys, boys, I'm going to see you next uh, tomorrow. I'm, I need to go home to do what I got to wait for this guy. 
took me about 14, 15 days. Finally, he came and put it in my hand. Praise the Lord. I kissed that thing, and uh, it just disappeared. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is by no means a recommendation to any of you. <laughs> Amen. That was just that. And so, uh, what else did we learn uh, from last week? Romans 5.5. 5. We learned that when the Holy Spirit flows out of you, it's going to be through the spirit of love. It's going to be through his compassion. Amen. Whenever you are ministering to uh, somebody else for any other motivation except love, you've already lost it. You've missed it. And you are probably ministering from a place of carnality and the flesh. And it won't do much for the person uh, that you're ministering to. Amen. I always minister from love. And sometimes it's tough love, but it's still love. Amen. amen. I said amen. And so he says here in Romans 5, verse 5, Hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the who? By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And so the Holy Spirit shares the love of God abroad in our hearts. So that when we minister, when we uh, interact with people, we interact from a place of love. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do. Amen? You want to know if you're filled with the Spirit, you don't check with all the religious calisthenics that we do in the Pentecostal church. You don't check on that. You check on, on your love meter. And I've been in the church long enough. People measure the Holy Ghost by all kinds of metrics. The only metric to measure the Holy Spirit is the love of God shed abroad in your heart. Not the lemon face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother, I got a word for you. We got to do the lemon face. None of that. Can I get an amen? amen? The only way I measure is, is, does this have compassion in it? Does this have love in it? Because some people will prophesy and it's like, man, that wasn't a prophetic word. That was, that was just you being mean. You ever been to mean people? Man, you're going to prophesy, but you just mean. That's not the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? amen? Let's go to Galatians chapter number 5, verse 22. I'm going to share with you a secret. This is powerful. It's going to change your life. <clears throat> Galatians chapter number 5, uh, from verse 22. This is what it says. It says, but the Holy Spirit, the who? The Spirit. I'm reading in the NLT. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. What is this kind of fruit that he produces in our lives? Love. Someone say love. love. Joy. Someone say joy. joy. Man, you can't be sad and be Holy Ghost filled at the same time. I get around people who are depressing. Just hang out with them for an hour. I leave. Man, I'm tired. You are depressing me also. No, 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 no. If you, are, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's going to produce the kind of fruit that's joy. When you show up, the place gets light. The mood gets, ooh, come on, let's have a party. That's the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? He says joy. Someone say peace. 
peaceful, peaceful environment. Patience, someone say patience, also known as long-suffering. You're just a patient individual produced. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. can be a short-fused, short-tempered, ill-tempered person and you claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Something is missing. Something doesn't add up. If you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, there's going to be some patience. What else? Kindness. What else? Goodness. What else? Faithfulness. What else? Gentleness and self-control. You can control yourself. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And, and you know what's interesting? Because I like grace in the marketplace, wealth builder stuff, and I like to people, you know, uh, develop in the marketplace and things of that nature. Uh, uh, right there in Galatians 5.22, he just gave us a formula to promotion. Right there, right there. It's right there, staring you in your face. Amen? A lot of Christians don't know this. That when you serve an organization, all you're going to get is a salary. But when you choose to serve your superior and your boss. See, they, it's one thing to serve the vision of the organization. It's another thing to serve your boss. What do I mean by that? What I mean is, sometimes the vision of your organization states one thing, but your boss's heart wants things done a certain way. It's still folding a shirt, but they say to you, I like it folded from the seam. And you say, no, I still folded the shirt. What you talking about? I still folded the shirt. I did it from the collar. The boss is going to be, all right, you did fold that shirt, and you're going to get a salary, but one, one thing you're not going to get is a promotion. You know why? Because you didn't touch the boss's heart. And so when he gives us the fruit of the Spirit, see, the fruit of the Spirit can't be used on an organization. An inanimate object. The fruit of the Spirit gets used on people. Your organization don't need the policies and regulations. They don't need your kindness. They don't need your goodness. It's your boss that needs it. It's the divine connections that God brings around you that need it. I remember 2018, we bought Billy Apart for the conference. And, you know, I was ill-informed by Ashley Teradez. He's the one who misinformed me. He told me, I asked him, I said, what hotel should I book? He said, man, just book an Airbnb. And so you know what I did? I went and I booked an Airbnb, two-bedroom apartment. And, and below it was some bachelors, and above it was some bachelors in that place. And I put Billy Apart in the middle one. I mean, the, them people, they had a party the whole night. <laughs> And we couldn't find the head right. And so when I went to pick him up the next day, he put his hand on me and he said, Hey, Tafar, uh, next time when I come with Miss Becky, I can't stay in a place like this. Now I had an option in that moment to either manifest the fruit of the Spirit or to say, What you talking about? Who do you think you talk to? <laughs> I'll put you where I put you. In that split second, I had a choice. Am I going to manifest the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, or I'm going to go in the flesh and act like a tough guy? And so I said, Mr. Eberhardt, I'm so sorry. It will never happen again. He said, but that's okay. Because when I come, I want to stay in downtown. I want to stay in a five-star uh, penthouse. And uh, that's good for you. That's what he said. True story. He said, but that's good for you because I'll pay for it. <laughs> that was not a compliment. <laughs> And in that moment, I needed some love, <laughs> joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, and self-control. Yeah. I remember talking to my boss many, many years ago. I was, try- I, I was on this project, and so, you know, I was thinking outside the box, you know, trying to do things. I hadn't learned what I'm teaching you now, that you minister to the boss the way he wants to be ministered to. That's how you connect to his heart. You just don't serve the organization. If you serve the organization, for sure they're going to give you a salary, but you'll never get a promotion. You'll never be, you know, uh, your name will never appear anywhere for anything outside of your, you know, monthly 26th, 27th uh, uh, paycheck. You you know, they won't recommend you for anything because you didn't uh, capture their heart. I'm talking about not just your boss, your customers. You know, your customers need love, joy, peace, self-control, and all the rest of it. I'm talking about your partners. I'm talking about the stakeholders, everyone that you interact with, you're going to need the fruit of the Spirit flowing through you if you're going to go to the next level. You connect with their hearts. And so I was sitting with my boss and I was doing things my own way because I thought I was clever than the guy and uh, he had just had enough. And so he called me into the office and he said, so what did you do here? I said, man, I did this, this, this and the other. And he said, but I told you to do it this way. And I said, man, I just wanted to do it this way. He said, oh, I know what the problem is. I finally get it. I said, what's the problem? He said, I pay you not to think. True story. He said, the problem is you're saying, I think, I think I could do this. He said, no, no, no. When I pay you, I'm not paying you to think. I'm paying you to do what I tell you. And in that moment, (laughs) I needed love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control shed abroad in my heart. And so we just don't use these things to reach the world and to bring people into the kingdom. This is the way we live our lives everywhere we go. When people poke you, what should come out? Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what else? Self-control. You don't talk to me like that. Who you, who you think, who you think you're talking to? That's not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That's not the Holy Ghost. That was just your flesh. Amen. And so when you do that, you miss out on the promotion. Okay, quickly, in closing, let's talk about, you know, praying in tongues. Let's talk about praying in tongues. Yeah, we are one of those churches that pray in tongues. Amen. We pray in tongues all the time. And uh, this is one of the most powerful weapons uh, given to the believer by God. And there are three different, you know, tongues that we see in Scripture. Uh, given by the Holy Spirit. The first one is in Acts chapter number 2 from verse 1 to 11. We can go there quickly and I'll read that and just show it to you. It says in Acts chapter number 2 from verse Uh, Let's start in uh, verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and uh, one set upon each one of them. 
and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances. Verse 5, and they were dwelling in Jerusalem, uh, Jews, devout men from every nation under the heaven. And when uh, this sound occurred, uh, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. That's the kicker there. The first tongue that we see is a supernatural endowment on endowment of the Holy Spirit and it gives you uh, the ability to speak in another natural language that has not been previously learned before. So this is, you know, uh, English, this is Spanish, this is Portuguese, this is Debele, this is uh, Zulu, this is Tosa. Supernaturally, the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to speak that language that you did not previously learn, learn in, in natural ways. And that's what he's talking about here. This is why he says, every man from all over the world heard them speak in their own language. And so that's the first tongue that we see. And the second one we see, uh, let's go to First uh, Corinthians chapter number 14. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter number 14. And uh, we're going to read from uh, uh, verse 6 to 13. It says, But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall uh, I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by teaching. Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? In other words, when you play an instrument, you need to be able to know whether you're playing in C or D or G or whatever. That's what he's talking about. And then he says this in verse 8, uh, For if a trumpet makes a certain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise, unless you utter by the tongue of words, easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him that speaks, and he who speaks a foreigner to me. Even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, now he's uh, telling us really what he's talking about. He says, even so, you are zealous for spiritual gifts. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, let him who speak in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So what he's talking about is a spiritual gift known as uh, uh, tongues. Right? One of the nine is tongues. And this one is saying, don't just speak it and walk out. He says, when you speak this one, pray that someone else may come and interpret what's been said. Or you yourself should pray that the Holy Spirit will give you meaning to what was said in a tongue so that you can interpret. And so we see here that the first two tongues are meant for the edification of the body. The first one is, you could be, you know, in China and you haven't uh, learned Mandarin, but the gospel has to be preached. The Holy Spirit will put a supernatural uh, empowerment on you and you'll be able to speak in Mandarin and preach to many people and many will get saved. The second one is, he'll put a tongue on you that when you speak, someone else will get up and interpret. All of them are for the edification of the church, the first two. And the third one uh, uh, that I also want to talk about is found in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Uh, chapter number 14, and I'm going to read uh, from verse 2. He says this in, in verse 2. He says, For ye that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man. 
Now, that's the first uh, distinction that we see there. With the first two, you were speaking to who? To men. Now, he's talking about uh, speaking in an unknown tongue where you are not speaking to men. Now, if you're not speaking to men, who are you speaking to? He tells it to us. He says, ye who speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto who? Unto God. And so if you're speaking to God, then it qualifies as prayer. And so the third tongue we see in scripture is praying in tongues. And so a lot of people don't know the three distinctions and they will show up and see us praying in tongues and they'll say, yeah, but you must interpret, you know, what you just prayed. No, I ain't talking to you. I call it the Nanya. The Nanya prayer. It's Nanya business. Amen. He says, you speaketh not unto men. Did you all read that? He says, he who prays, he who speaks in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto who? Unto God, for no man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. And that word mysteries is the Greek word mysterions. And he's talking about a war strategy. And he's saying, man, this is powerful. He's saying there's a supernatural way to pray and release things. Why is this thing even, uh, 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 you know, necessary? It's necessary because God and, and, and everything that God has released on your life can only be released through the channel of your heart when you pray it into existence. God can only get involved with your life when you invite him in. And one of the invitations we can uh, bring God into our circumstances is through prayer. And so for us to activate certain things, God is going to give us a language uh, to pray. And why is this language a mystery? God wants this language to be a mystery so that you and I don't sabotage it. In fact, the word mysterion in the Greek is borrowing from a, a, a Roman tradition. And what they would do back in those days is that they would uh, 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 give soldiers just a piece of the mysterion. They wouldn't give soldiers the whole entire strategy just in case, you know, they get captured and they get tortured, put under pressure, and they start giving up the mystery. And so what they would do is they would just give him a, a piece so that he can't, you know, sabotage the entire nation's strategy because he's been caught and been and put uh, a little bit under pressure. And this is why God gets the church to pray in a language that's beyond their understanding so that they can pray things that are beyond their reasoning, things that are beyond uh, their scope of, of experience so that they can bring into existence things that are so far bigger than what they can conceive without sabotaging them. If God really told you what you were praying for in tongues, most of you would walk out of the prayer room and say, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Millionaire business, who? And so because God doesn't want you to sabotage it with your words, he will get you to pray for it without you knowing you're praying for it. You shanda mashek rebonda raka zanda rabosa tafara billionaire in tongues no not in English. And so this is why the Apostle Paul then says later on in this chapter he says in in verse fourteen he says I thank. God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. Why? Because I'm fanning a fire that I cannot sabotage. Because the enemy, you see, when you pray a mysterion, you hide it from yourself and, and you need to hide it from yourself. 
And the second person you hide it from is the enemy because he's going to come and pressure you to change your confession. When you say your confession in English, the, the enemy is going to come and say, Really? You? You, dog? You? Nah, not you. And before you know it, you start to cooperate with the enemy. Nah, not me. No, you're right. And so how does God get you to pray beyond your scope of reasoning and understanding? He gets you to pray for it in tongues. And what are the benefits do we see when we pray in tongues? Let's go to Jude chapter number 1, uh, verse 20. Jude chapter number 1, uh, verse 20. It says in Jude 1, 20, it says that, uh, uh, But ye, beloved, ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And he's talking about uh, uh, praying in tongues. And he says when you pray in tongues, you're building yourself up in your most holy faith. And that's why it says in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 14, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. You build yourself up when you are praying in an unknown tongue. Amen? Amen. You, you, uh, the, way, the word edify means uh, uh, to build an, a large imposing building. And one of the things praying in tongues will do is it will build you up to be significant, a force to be reckoned with. Amen? It's not just you uh, uh, acting crazy. God is working on something. Amen? Amen. Now, the question uh, people ask is, so do I have to pray in tongues, Pastor T? Because some people, you know, just don't like to pray in tongues because they think it's going to make them look some kind of way. And Do I have to do that? And the short answer to that is you don't. You don't have to pray in tongues. This is why I just shared the benefits with you. And if you find it beneficial for you personally, just like you don't have to brush teeth, no, you don't have to. Did you know you don't have to? No, you could just walk out of the house. But if you find benefit in it, you're going to do it more often. Similarly, you don't have to pray in tongues. But I'm just sharing with you the benefits, the things that are available for you. Listen, if you, if you can pray in tongues, you have enough ammunition in you to counter any blue Monday. You have enough ammunition in you to counter any, any, any discouragement, any stressful day. You have enough in you to build yourself up in the most holy faith. In fact, the Bible says in Isaiah, it says, With stammering lips shall men proclaim and receive a refreshment from the Lord. And if you look, that's the same verse that the Apostle Paul uh, quotes in 1 Corinthians 14, 14. He's talking about receiving a refreshment of the Lord through praying in tongues. Now, if you find benefit in it, go ahead and do it. But if you think it's going to make you look crazy, don't do it. Amen? Amen. And the last question is this, that they always ask. Uh, Pastor T, uh, so how do I get, you know, these, these tongues? Well, you ask. You know, you, you just ask. And, uh, and they always ask, well, what if I get tongues of the devil? Well, let's go check it out. Let's go to Luke chapter number 11. How do I know I got tongues uh, uh, of the Holy Spirit or I got tongues uh, of the devil? 
it says here in Luke 11, verse 10, it says, For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask for bread of any of you, that is a father, will you give him a stone? What would be the answer to that? No. If he asks for fish, would you give him for a fish a serpent? What would be the answer to that? No. If he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? What would be the answer to that? No. Now, if you then being evil, stop right there. So he's saying, if your son asks for bread and you give him bread, don't even try to get credit for it. It's still at evil level. You're not getting any brownie points. That's what you must just do. And it says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the who? To them that ask him. So all we have to do is to ask, knowing that if we ask for bread, what are we going to get? Bread. If we ask for fish, what are we going to get? Fish. If we ask for an egg, what are we going to get? An egg. If we ask for the Holy Spirit, what are we going to get? So where do we get the idea that it might be tongues of the devil? It's an accusation against God not being a faithful father. And God is saying, man, I'm better than y'all. I'll give them exactly what they ask for. Amen? Amen. So I remember many, many years ago, you know, I went to a church, a little church. Many, you know, some of you here, some of my friends from way back then. I'm talking 20, 30 years ago. Uh, we, not 20, not 30. No, just 15. Maybe 15, 18, 20, 20. We were all together at this. Lloyd would remember, uh, Rumbi here would remember, and some other guys would remember. We were at, the, at this church, St. Luke's Church, Anglican Church in Zimbabwe, in Arara, in Masasa. And, um, you know, we all started learning about the baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, man, I desired to uh, get, you know, uh, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of praying in other tongues. And so we would have uh, prayer meetings in the neighborhood. And, man, my heart was, Lord, man, Lord, just baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And my, my mindset was it would come on me and uh, I would just start, you know, bubbling stuff uncontrollably. That's what I thought. But the Bible says the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. I didn't realize that. And I also didn't realize that the Bible says he who speaks in an unknown tongue. I didn't realize that I'm the one that gets to do the speaking as the spirit gives utterance. So I didn't realize that. And so I waited for a long time, many, many months, just waiting for something to come on me, almost like a possession. But the Holy Spirit does not possess you. He fills you up. Can I get an amen? And because of that, I missed on that opportunity. And I remember the one time I then went to this uh, prayer meeting and the uh, preacher, just like I'm preaching now, preached on, on this. And he said, listen, uh, uh, don't, he's not going to force it out of your mouth. But what he's going to do is he's going to give you utterance. He's going to inspire you to say a word. Be faithful with that one word. And, 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 and for, for many people in my neighborhood, that one word was Shanda. <laughs> it just so happened that everybody got shanda. That's where you start. And so the pastor would get up and say, Let's pray in tongues. Shanda. <laughs> I 
That's a joke. Settle down. <laughs> but, but, you know, I started to, to, to receive inspiration on the inside of me to, to pray in other tongues. And I just started praying in other tongues and at that prayer meeting and God added to it and I've done it uh, ever since. And, and, and it's, it's fun, to be honest with you. It's fun whenever I feel pressure, whenever I feel overwhelmed. Uh, I just pray in tongues and I just take a walk sometimes and that was the uh, uh, benefit of, of wearing masks. It was awesome during the masks because I could pray in tongues more at the mall, in the stops, just because you can't pray in tongues, you know, if you're charismatic with your mouth closed. You really want to so I could put my mask on and just start, you know, praying in tongues. You can pray in tongues in your heart. And so because I had a mask on, people didn't think I'm crazy. And so when they said the masks, you know, they, you don't have to wear the masks. Any, one of the things I lost was, you know, just praying in tongues everywhere. I, I still do it in my car and people think I'm on Bluetooth. Just praying in tongues. They think I'm talking to someone on the cell phone. So I'm just praying in tongues. Man, I'm telling you, you, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. Amen? He's going gonna to be that edifice on the inside of you. Whenever you feel discouraged, what do you do? You pray in tongues and you start. In fact, the Bible says, uh, this is what the Apostle Paul said to uh, Timothy, in, uh, 2 Timothy, I believe, 1.1. 1, 1. He says, do not forget to stir up the gift that was put on the inside of you by the laying on of hands. And how do you stir up that gift? You stir it up by praying in tongues. You begin to uh, stir things up on the inside of you. And so I'm telling you, this is a powerful, powerful gift that the Lord has given to us. And you can receive uh, uh, him today. If you have not received uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues, we're going to be doing that. You know, there are some churches that have completely taken the Holy Spirit out of the program. And I think it's a disservice for the people. It's like giving people a car with no fuel in it. <clears throat> Man, we all need the Holy Spirit to empower us, to equip us, and to give us all these different things that he wants to do in our lives. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. While every eye is closed, every head bowed, uh, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you're saying, hey, Pastor, I heard what you said about tongues, and I want to receive uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the second work of grace, with the evidence of uh, praying in other tongues. Uh, uh, man, the first port of call is to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And so if you are here and you're saying, man, I want to receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, we want to pray with you. I'm going to ask you to, to raise your hand wherever you are, and we're going to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Going once, going twice, and gone. We are all born again. And the second uh, invitation I want to make is, is with this baptism of 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 the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. The Apostle Paul uh, meets some disciples in the book of Acts, I believe, uh, chapter number 19 or chapter number 17. He meets some disciples there. And uh, he asks them, he says, when you got born again, did you receive uh, the Holy Spirit? And they say to him, uh, we have not as much as heard 
about the Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? And uh, he proceeded to teach them and laid his hands on them. And they began to flow. They allowed the divine flow to start flowing through them. And so, man, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is going to activate uh, some gifts on the inside of you. He is going to activate some powerful things, the anointing, the assignment that God has for you. And uh, he is going to bring you a heavenly language of praying in other tongues. And we want to pray with you uh, to receive today. If you ask for bread, your father will give you bread. If you ask for an egg, your heavenly father is ready. He's ready. He's standing with his hands wide open, ready to give. And if that's you, man, we want to join in and pray with you. And I'm going to ask you to raise your hand wherever you are. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Please may you raise it real high so I can see. Oh, I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see another hand. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask some of the leaders here to just walk this way uh, and just, you know, lay your hands on, on the, we have two people this side. Just lay your hands on them. And believers, you can turn around and lay your hands on them. Now, what's going to happen is as we, as we are praying for you, uh, you're going you're gonna to get some inspiration. You're going to start uh, getting a word. Just open your mouth and begin to pray together with us. And once you've received uh, today, man, I'm telling you, you're going to receive today. And once you've received today, don't let anyone tell you you didn't receive. The Lord says when you ask, He will give. He uses a legal term there. It shall be so. Amen. And uh, we have some leaders that are going to stand with you and talk to you afterwards. But as we pray, I'm going to ask just for two minutes, I'm going to ask the church uh, if you have a heavenly language, just open your mouth and begin to pray right now. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Open your mouth and begin to pray in your heavenly language. Mambre, nege jigeriyama sandarabo siaranda. Mambro nege zeterebo koshandiara kasataraboshia. Lembrendo gozibro jiare ke seterebo kosa iya a. Le groma gezembro nege jibro iya kasandarashia terebosa. He who prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. How be it in the spirit it speaks mysteries. You're speaking mysteries right now. You're speaking your future right now. Uh, it may not make sense to you audibly right now, but man, you're speaking your future. You're cutting a path. You, you're speaking the future of your business right now. You're releasing uh, destinies for your children right now. In the name of Jesus. Situations are turning around that you didn't have strength to pray for in English. Right now, situations are turning up. Mambrende gezubro jigeria bose terebosha. Randa gase kromandalia gase broya. Ebrogosia masandarabose boya. Mambrondo gozikrenia regesomonia ramakasa. Zebro gozenderebokosia andarabosa. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Divine connection. You are releasing them right now. Keep at it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Now, I remember many years ago, my wife and I, we applied. I'm still going to pray for you guys. Stay there. 
I remember many years ago, my wife and I were putting a, con a, a submission for something to be approved, some contract thing to be approved. And man, it kept dragging. It kept dragging, dragging. We went in uh, uh, six months, one year, one and a half years. And man, at one point, I was getting frustrated, literally trying to pull uh, hair out of my head. And I'm driving to uh, uh, see a client in Botswana. I'm driving to go to the mines. I'm going to Juaneng uh, to see the clients. They were doing some, some things with them. And the Holy Spirit just prompted me to begin to pray. I literally prayed from Johannesburg to the mine there, four hours, nonstop. And as I was checking into the hotel, my wife called me and she said, I just got the approval for that contract. What happened? I, I began to release a prayer uh, uh, for things that I did not understand, things that I, d I don't know what was happening in that office. Maybe it was just sitting at someone's desk and they just didn't have enough strength to sign or maybe they were just taking their time. Or I, As I prayed, the angels were loosed and they went. I literally felt an uplifting on the inside of me and my wife called me. She said, that thing has been approved and I just received an SMS that we are going to qualify for that thing man i'm telling you i'm telling you right now whenever you feel tired and you don't know what to pray god has given us a heavenly language some of you have put out cvs and and then you don't know what's happened to those cvs it's almost like they went into a dark hole some of you have put out qualification uh, uh, applications you just don't know what's going on with those things man i'm telling you it's a perfect opportunity for you to begin to pray in tongues as you do that man you are praying uh, uh, petitions that are beyond what you can understand the bible says in romans chapter number eight uh, it says that the the prayer the, the the holy spirit maketh intercession on 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 behalf of us with, with utterings and, and groanings that cannot be uttered in an articulate language. Man, whenever you sense that inspiration, that groaning on the inside of you, just open your mouth. I'm telling you, you begin to change things because the real battle is in the spiritual realm. Amen? And so we're going to pray for these guys. Lay your hands on them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for every single one of them that say today, we ask of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we thank you in advance because we know you give. And right now you have given to my dear sisters the gift and the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. And so Lord, we say thank you, Jesus, that today marks the beginning of a life inspired by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Ghost. They will no longer do life in the natural, but Father, that they will function at a higher level in the spiritual realm. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen. Now we're going to pray this prayer together with them. Shout these words after me. Say, Lord, today I asked for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And because your word says, when we ask for the Holy Spirit, you will give the Holy Spirit. I believe I have received today. I am filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of praying in other tongues. Now for 30 more seconds, begin to open up your mouth, including you guys. Open up your mouth. If you get a word, just pray that one word. Thank you, Jesus. 
Sanda rabo kosondoro mombre ndege zeterebosha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jikerebo kosondoro bobosa. Mambre ndege ziproshenderebo kosa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen. Now, for the people that we prayed for, if you got at least a word, I want you to just wave at me. You got just a word. Oh, I see that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, here's the deal. Is that you got something from the Lord. And now, what do you do? You stay faithful with what you've received. When the pressure comes, you open your mouth, and whatever inspiration you get on the inside of you, you pray it out loud. Now, some of you received this gift many, many years ago, and in the first month, you used it. Second month, you used the gift. Third month, you started to get tired. First year, you prayed once every 52 weeks. Second year, well, nothing happened. Third year, oh, I don't know, just don't have time. Well, I want to encourage you this morning. You have a bazooka in your ammunition. And you're going to fight with a water gun. You're not going to win without the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? You're not going to win this battle just intellectually. Some of you graduated with a master's, PhD, you dropped that praying in time stuff. Well, I'm telling you, it's a spiritual battle. Your PhD won't cut it. Amen. It's time to take out the bazooka. Hallelujah. Take that thing out and start shooting at some stuff. Whenever there's an area in your life that's frustrating you, take out, go for the big one. Why are you even wasting time with those? Sometimes you don't even need counseling. Don't call the church office for counseling. Take out the bazooka. Can I get an amen? And you're going to get some answers. You're going shoot to at, shoot at some stuff. You're going to shoot at frustration. You're going to blow up some. Sometimes all you need is to just blow up some stuff. Amen. Just put some bonds in there and blow up some stuff. Sometimes you don't know what's going on in the in the in the end hill. It's too dark in there. Just take the pin off the, the thing and throw it in there. How do you do that? You pray in tongues. Can I get an amen? You don't know where your life is going? Perfect opportunity to play in praying tongues. The more you do it. You're going to see a transformation in your life. Did that bless you? Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.